Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Jerry uh, Hebert. I don't is that am I saying that right? Hey there, but but when we go out of when we we go go. out of town, we pronounce it Hebert because they always spell our name with an A or my name (laughs) with an A. So yeah, they don't they don't do T's over in Louisiana. So not really. (laughs) That's uh that's uh unless unless the word begins with it, they don't say it. <laughs> it's French influence. Yes. Anyhow, we're here with Jerry. We're here with Jerry from the Rage and Review podcast uh, to talk a little bit about the game we have down in Lafayette this week. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks a lot for, for being here, man. What's uh What's your take on the team this season? Your team? No. First of all, thank you guys for having me. It's been a few years since we've uh, we've caught up. I know we have a little mm-hmm. bit of banter here and there, and it's always for fun. <laughs> um, but no, look, this game's exciting for us. Uh, we're coming off a bye, had a huge win at home against Texas State a few weeks ago. Really, a yep. come from behind win against you know, Texas State's. They're not, this isn't your mommy or daddy's Texas State team. They're actually really good this year. And so, it was David's second favorite team? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they say that. They say that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'm sure you're, you're, you're just as happy, right? Because the Panthers are playing well as well. So you, you get a double whammy there. But, uh, you know, coming off the by uh it's a huge win for us and and really our team is fairly young this year uh you know we lost a lot of guys to the portal graduation in the last two seasons when billy went to florida brought some guys with him and then last year we had a few guys that left and so we have a younger team that's trying to develop and find ways to win and i thought this program and this team took a huge step forward after texas state uh being down nine in the second half that was huge um but yeah, I, uh, I, um, I mean, looking at the, just the scores, uh, as the season's gone along, when I saw you guys lost to ODU in like, what was it like week two or three or something like yeah. week two, mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, Lafayette or La- Louisiana, they've, they've, they've lost their edge and everything. And this is gonna be the year we can totally take it to them. But since then you put up 40 points against UAB, 40 points against Buffalo, uh, you know, close one against Minnesota. And then, you know, Texas state, like you said, is doing really well this year. Well, uh, I was just like wild card. They're just like, yeah. never know. Look, who the hell knows what's going on there? Who it, they're going to beat and who they're going to lose to this week? It, who knows? And let's be honest, like every team, include, I'm sure including you guys, you know, we're always going to have that one loss in the year where you're like, what happened? And for us, yep. hopefully, right, there's a lot of football left to be played. Hopefully that loss for us was ODU. Mm-hmm. Um, that game, it was a, it was a weird <laughs> game. Um, first of all, we... I mean, we scored 31 points, right? And our mm-hmm. offense actually moved the ball well. We, we did a pretty good job on the ground. Our passing game was great. But defensively, ODU runs such a fast tempo. They scored two or three times off of us just because our guys weren't set. Oh, so wow. there was one play I remember in particular, and it basically summed up the game for us. They snapped the ball with four wide four wideouts. And their guy on the far side runs a goal route while while our cornerback is still looking at the sideline for the play call. So by the time if you're listening, look by the time no 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 (laughs) but but while while our cornerback basically turns back around their receiver is 10 yards up the field and they just throw a goal route. And so it was just a little bit of undisciplined defensively for us that cost them that game. I mean look I still think if we played them today we would probably win. They got the best of us, and they took they took they took us for granted. I mean, we took that for granted. And they they beat us fair and square. So, um, that was kind of one of those games where you look back and you're like, why? How did we? <laughs> how did we lose that? You know. But since then, um, we've we've kind of 
we've just we've really turned the tide. Uh, I think you have a lot of younger guys starting to develop and really find ways to just win and find ways to compete. Uh, Coach Desermo, he's in his second year. Uh, coach, he was a he was a, a actually a, an assistant coach under Coach Mark Hutspeth, and then he was an assistant under Billy Napier, and so he kind of took he was offered the job to continue on with Billy started. And he's kind of done a good job with that, with the process. Billy Napier kind of implemented that Nick Saban process. Every little thing counts. Every little detail counts. And so Dez is trying to kind of continue that. And he was also a former quarterback for for Louisiana as well. He was the quarterback there when I was a student. So um, he has a lot of ties to the area. He's from New Iberia, which is like 15, 20 minutes down the road. Louisiana native through and through. Um, And so he understands you know, the, the culture here, he understands the passion for this, for this program. He has the passion for this program and he's really trying to build a team that to where you can develop guys. It's not just going in the portal and trying to take, you know, 20 guys from the portal and try to build them. He actually recruits and then he's able to fill in those gaps whenever he needs certain key players and he'll go get one or two from the portal. But for the most part, he tries to develop them as, you know, as a freshman. And so you're starting to see that young talent step up. Um, but look this week, make no mistake about it. It is our homecoming. Um, and, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of excitement going on because this game between our two schools will be on ESPNU nationally televised. Uh, but just like Texas state, you guys have taken it up. you all taken it up a notch and, and Georgia state is a really, really good football team. Uh, you know, coach, coach Elliott, you can find, I, I think it's, Safe to say, and I, I guess you guys would agree with this. I think we're starting to see Coach Elliott's system really, really evolve this year. Um, and you you have a lot of senior talent, I've noticed. Uh, your quarterback, your running back. I watched that game against Marshall last week. <laughs> Let me tell you, man, that's the Georgia State that we all knew. Like, okay, this team, this is the team with the potential. And so, yes, we got to buy, but we're going to have to be on our P's and Q's because I find a lot of similarities between Georgia State and Texas State. You guys have a spread, good spread offense. You're very physical at the line of scrimmage. You've got good skill, skill players. And, um, you know, we're going to have to show up and play in spite of the fact that we're at home. So looking forward to it. It's going to be a great matchup. And also, I love the fact that the Sun Belt is actually like it's it's a respectable conference now. You know, when Georgia yeah. State wins, when Louisiana yeah. wins, unless we're playing one another, it's a good <laughs> thing for the conference. And and right. it's great to see the conference get better across the I mean, board. I think we're the just top G5 team. conference right now. So oh, easily. Yeah. Easily, easily, yeah. easily top five. Yeah. yeah, I think that one of the things that got lost on Georgia State's horrible season last year was I think it was like a four or five of our losses were all decided in the fourth quarter in less than one score. Sure. And coach Elliott uh, attributed that to the guys just not being, you know, running out of gas, not, not having enough uh, fuel in the fire or whatever. And that's, that's when we brought in the new strength and conditioning coach, iron Mike, who is as energetic as they come. And oh, I think is energetic, I think, the word. All right. That's a good <laughs> word for, that's a good word for him. Yeah. Co- we'll coached up. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy he's coached up, one, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, he, he has a he does a he snorts coke and uh steroids <laughs> every single morning before he uh, starts working. But no, I think that he's gotten the players, <laughs> he's gotten the players uh up to the level of energy that Coach Elliott is. You see yeah. Coach Elliott on the sidelines. I mean, he's the most active person. You know, you put his uh, his little Apple Watch on there. He's burning like fifteen thousand calories during the game. <laughs> oh yeah, pro- probably losing a couple of liters of water at the same time. So uh, yeah, uh, Iron Mike's got the guys up a built for that. And I just also want to say, I'll, I'll let the other guys ask a question, but I want to say, your new head coach uh, after Billy Napier left literally was born to be a Cajun head. 
You muted. Uh oh, what happened? Maybe your mic disconnected. Yeah, I think so. It's still it's still muted, man. Can't you see the mic? <laughs> I saw I saw the mic, and then it just went away, and I was. I think Streamyard's being janky yeah. right now. We, we we were giving it compliments before we I came know. up. Yeah. Then what I was trying to say was uh, the new ca- the new head coach just was born to be a Cajun uh, head coach with that last name Desmaro. Get the E A U X there at the end of it. Like he can't coach anywhere else. He's only well, looking well, he can that- coach at LSU or Tulane or in that state uh, Monroe. <laughs> no, technically no, because if Baton Rouge and New Orleans, and we're very very strict about that, Baton Rouge and New Orleans are technically not part of Acadiana, believe it or not. Neither is Monroe, so only us, only us, and maybe Magnese. Magnese is right on that edge, so so we're the only ones who can have them. But what's it's funny I think you say that the only ones that think that. To be fair, we don't know <laughs> hey, any. We don't know where any schools are. Just fine. <laughs> it's, it, well, well, look, we, we're um. As Cajuns, we're a little uh, hard-headed when it comes to our – we have a lot of pride in our culture. I'll, yeah, I'll say yeah. that. And, and originally, I'm from New Orleans, but I'm also an A-Bear. My parents – or my dad grew up uh, right out like about 30 minutes southeast of of, of Lafayette. So uh, I could I could kind of say that, I guess. Um, yeah. But what is, it's funny, Coach Dez, his last name is pronounced two separate ways within the same family. So some people pr- – the way he pronounces it is Desermo. The way a lot of people pronounce it is Desarmo. So it's either Desimo or Desarmo, and people within his family pronounce it differently as well. So it's it's a it's a Cajun thing. I don't know. Like there's so well, many different. You don't even know how you say your name. You know, <laughs> whatever. How do you what was what was, what was the second one? What was the second? How do you say the second one? Desarmo. 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 Yeah, that, that that sounds like a GI Joe villain. I like it. Desarmo. <laughs> you know, like Desarmo and something? Desarmo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Or Desarmo. Yeah, Desarmo. 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 Yeah, like, or like uh the evil sp- uh, Superman, the Bizarro, Desmaro. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Oh, somebody <laughs> had a sign. So funny thing. That's a funny story. So when he played quarterback, uh, he was here from 2005 to 2008. He was a starting quarterback and he was a good option quarterback. Like his read option was just, and especially with the running back that we had, the running back that played with him is actually getting inducted into the UL hall of fame this weekend. And so Mike would be, would they would run the zone read to perfection. And I want to say both guys got like a thousand yards a piece rushing every year that they played behind wow. center. And uh, somebody had a sign I remember this was back in like 08 when he, yeah, when Mike was a senior and it said, it's not delivery, it's Desarmo. And <laughs> that's uh, what I was thinking when you said his name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that, that, that's clever. I, I mean, I guess there are uh, some actual smart people down there in Lafayette. Oh, I was waiting for it. <laughs> I knew it was coming at some point. Tim, you got a question? Yeah, um, looks like it looks like one of your quarterbacks, Woodridge, he went out in the what third game, and you had Chris come in and just kind of just take the helm and got, run with it. Is Woodridge going to be out the entire season? Like, how are you guys going to handle that if he gets healthy? Are you gonna right, him back in. Well, here's the thing. Um, everybody knew even last season when Zion was signed that he was going to be the future. The future, um, okay. Ben. He he was a quarterback that was a transfer from Fresno State. Believe it or not, um, he I want to say he played behind Jake Leidner, the quarterback that is now the third string for the Saints. And wow. I want to say when Jake got the job as a starting quarterback, that's when Ben transferred to Louisiana. Or it was around that time. 
So Ben is a different style quarterback than Zion. Ben is more of a West Coast uh, pocket passer. Zion is a straight up dual threat. And when Ben went down against UAB, it was the first drive he went down. uh, The offense just picked up speed when Zion came in because of Zion's ability. Um, It was really tough to see Ben go down because he had put so much. Yeah, he actually tore his ACL last year and probably around the eighth or ninth game towards ACL and basically his entire off season. I mean, he was ahead of schedule coming back and then he goes down again and hurts. I forgot what, I don't know if it was a foot injury or an ankle injury against uh, UAB, but then Zeon comes in against UAB and then breaks an 80 yard touchdown run. He has two touchdown passes. He rushes, I think for like over a hundred yards. And before you know it, he became everything that everybody expected him to be. Plus, Going into the season, he was the only quarterback that took reps in the spring during all of spring football because Ben was recovering from his ACL injury. And our other quarterback, who was also a starter, Mm -hmm. um, Chandler Fields, had appendicitis. So Zeon had already trained during the spring. In the spring game, he took every rep, every snap. And so he was pretty much ready to go. Now, granted, he is a redshirt freshman. He played one or two games last year, got some reps. But so far, what we've seen with Zeon, it's everything that, as a fan, we expected. But it's just great to see it in person because of the ability he brings. And honestly, I'm going to be real with you guys. With everything with the portal. He's transferring. Well, no. Knock, I'm going to knock on wood right now. But if we could get a better year. Better not be too good. You know? I mean, that's the thing. That, and that, it's scary, right? I mean, and yeah. look, you guys deal with it too now. I mean, yep. it, 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 it's a bummer because of NIL. When you have guys that stand out for you, it's scary because, you know, look, we've got we've got LSU right to the east. We've got Texas A&M and Texas to the west. We've got Houston to the west. Tulane is, in you know, two hours away. I mean, those schools, they see that, you know, I mean, don't be surprised if they start sending them messages secretly. Hey, come check us out. You well, know? we know how it happens. Check <laughs> yeah, we, we've had it happen a couple of times. Y'all now. got some schools right by y'all too that do the same thing. Yeah. So you have to right be right in your backyard. We're watching Jamari Thrash every weekend, just yeah, catching balls all over the place up in Louisville. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Zion, check your cash place. app, right? No, right no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so but I, he's 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 the real deal. No, we, he we, is. We, he looks like very. It. We're very happy that he's uh, he's he's been able to perform as a freshman the way he has so far. Uh, side note question: We're talking about this portal stuff when guys leave, you know, so I, a lot of people, a lot of Georgia State fans, whenever someone leaves from the from the portal, they still cheer like they still cheer for Jamari Thrash over there, or or you know, even though Coastal is in the, in the division, they still cheer for Sam Pickney, uh, Jordan Strickin in uh, South Carolina, whatever. I have a hard time with that. How how do you? How does the the Louisiana fan base handle those players that have uh, turned their back on you and gone somewhere else? Do you see it that way, or are they you know? Are they Cajuns for life for you guys? How do you take it? Zion no. transfers to LSU. What happens? <laughs> well, we have a receiver, Kyron Lacey. They're one of their main receivers left All us right. two years ago. He actually scored a touchdown against you guys, I believe, in 2020. He's playing for him. So, no, we're not happy about that at all. Uh, but no, in, in all seriousness, you know, it's it's just the way it's just the way of college football today, man. And 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 you know, some players I get it, right? Some players may need the money, but then others sure. just want a better opportunity. And it's it's what's frustrating is. You look at schools like Georgia State and Louisiana where we develop these guys for a couple of years and then they just get up and leave. And and those other schools don't have to develop them. They get to enjoy them more because of the fact that they they didn't have to take that time. We did. Right. Right. So, you know, I 
I hate it when that happens. And look, we've lost quite a few guys to the portal the last few years. Um, but you know, it's not always bright on the other side either. As a fan, it's hard to see other like one of our guys who could have been contributing to us play at other schools. I mean, I don't like it. Um, I, I think it's one of those things where look, if if you want to leave. I get it if you have certain situations, but if you're just going to go because you're chasing money, then then go. Like yeah. we got other players that prop that want to play here and could probably put in as much effort as you. So um it's it's hard. It's a bummer, but it, it's just one of those things I guess we just have to accept because that's what college football is today, unfortunately. It's just it's become it's almost become free agency in many yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we're like the, the G, we're like the G League for the NBA. Right. Where it's like triple A, right? It's like triple A baseball. You know, they, they go off and go play for bigger teams. And, and it's <laughs> tough because look, I know, and, and I'll actually ask you guys this if you don't mind, but like Georgia state has money. You guys are in Atlanta. You got, I'm sure you got some rich alumni. Do, do you, how, how has, so we just created an NIL collective. We actually had the head of the president of the NIL collective on our podcast last week. Great guy, John Aiken. Awesome. He's a, he's a rock star. He's amazing. How has that been for Georgia State as far as your alumni base, your donors? Have they kind of stepped up with the NIL collective fully well, knowing that you have schools in the backyard trying to poach players? So we just got our collective started up. What was it, guys? Three or four weeks ago. It's not it's yeah. not been long. And we had is, I mean, is this season after like the first or second game? Yeah, and we had we we had you know the uh, Mike Holmes who's running the whole thing, and Gabe, former a former player running it. Uh, Mike was director of communications for Georgia State for a, a number of years, and then Gabe was a, a former player, now an attorney in Atlanta. So they've taken over that, and uh, I I don't know uh, the inner workings. So I don't know what they're doing behind doors. I know that they've gotten some uh, some things going on, but I think the Atlanta or the Georgia State fan base is um, so passively a fan base about Georgia State. They don't understand what the difference is in donating to the uh, athletics program and the NIL and what, what, how that really is two separate different things. Um, but they'll get there. We're getting there. I think the education is coming out. We're doing our part to support them. Uh, we don't really have – the fans we have are incredibly passionate. We just don't have nearly enough of them. So it's just – it's not there for us yet. In being in Atlanta, there's so many other things to do on a weekend – you know, the entire state's Georgia fans and the ones that are not are, you know, tech or wherever they went to school and moved to Atlanta for a job. So um, it's getting there. I'm glad we have the collective. Hopefully it does some work for us, but um, it's going to be a long, hard road for us. Guys, yeah, I, I think they're going to have a lot more success um, just being because we're in Atlanta and there are so many businesses here and all that stuff. They're going to have a lot more um, success. They're going to have less success from from uh, donations, but more connecting the dots and getting players connected with some, maybe some of these sponsors and things like that, because there's just a whole boatload of them here. Um, and I know that that's one of the ways that they're working on doing this. So, you know, they're taking donations and they're going to work out whatever they work out with that. But I think the, the bread and butter of, of our collective is going to be connecting players with businesses. Yeah. And I think yeah. from like a perspective of like fans of the school, your school, I think the state of Georgia, all the G5 programs, you got a lot of people that if Georgia has a big game, they're watching that game. Your diehard oh, we, fans, we get you know. it. Yeah, <laughs> we get it. Yeah, it's, I mean, when I was in college, I went to school back in the '90s, and no one wore Georgia State stuff. Like mm -hmm. you would see other schools, you see Georgia, you'd see Tech, you'd see UNC, you'd see well, something like that. Uh, but I never saw anybody. Like I didn't. I don't think I bought any of my own Georgia State 
merch until like my you know last couple of years when i was there i felt like i just needed to have something because i went to school there because it just wasn't a thing but now on campus and around town you'll see georgia state stuff everywhere and i have learned if i see somebody wearing a panther shirt in kroger i probably shouldn't just yell in their face go state go panthers because they get scared <laughs> they honestly get scared <laughs> who's this crazy fat, person this fat hairy guy's yelling words in my face <laughs> you know it's funny because like it's kind of I'm not going to say been the opposite for us, but back like when my dad came to school back when it was called USL, uh, this was back in like the late sixties, early seventies, Lafayette was all about the Cajuns. And today it's still kind of there and it's been there, but for a short while, probably in the nineties, when we had administrators on our main campus when they didn't emphasize athletics as important as it should be, we kind of lost about a 10 year gap of fans that we, we could know all have about that. Built. Yeah. yeah. We're going through right. that right now. We're going through that right now. Well, it's- so, so luckily for us, you know, the last 12 or 13 years have been better because our football program has really taken off with success. But you know, my age group, when I grew up, we don't really have as many because that was the time when we just didn't put forth that effort. And this was around a time when Conference Realignment was happening, Conference USA was created, and we actually had a chance to go into Conference USA in the early 90s, and our president said no. He was all about academics. He didn't care about athletics. I'll give you a story. So we Turns beat- out that was a good idea, though. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> well, it, it, that, not to go. But, but on the other hand, but <laughs> on the other that. hand- <laughs> It, right. And look, we we can laugh all day about that situation. But then if we would have joined back in the 90s, could we have been where Louisville is? Could we have mm-hmm. been where some of these schools that who moved up to maybe the ACC could have been if we would have invested back then? I don't know. But, you know, so so in 1996, we host Texas A&M at Cajun Field. We have Jake DeLome as the quarterback. Brandon Stokely's a wide receiver. I mean, we had some guys on that team that ended up playing in the NFL, but I mean, AM had, they had some talent as well. A lot of those guys played in the league and we beat them. It was considered the biggest win in school history. We had 40,000 people. And, you know, it's one of those stories, you know, if you live in Lafayette, it's an, it's a legend, right? I know where I was the night we beat Texas A&M. I was actually seven years old sitting on my dad's <laughs> lap watching us win that game. And I, I we, we made the drive from new Orleans for it. And, Wow. You know, after that win, right, you would think, okay, the administration is going to step in and say, this could be something huge for us. This could be something we could build on. They did the complete opposite. You know what they did? Oh, you beat AM with what we've given you. So we're going to give you less <laughs> because if you could beat AM with this, then you can do anything. Well, that you're too good. In, yeah, you're too good. That turned into a 10 year hiatus of just failure. And so finally, the administration finally stepped up around 2007, 2008 and started giving us resources. We built our indoor facility. And then, then you know, Mark Husbeth was hired in 2010, 2011. We started winning. We started building more facilities and enhancing our facilities. And, you know, before you know it, we've, we've been able to create success. But then, you know, again, if we would have done this 30 years prior, right. where could we where would be? You be? Right. right, exactly. So we talk about the same thing. We were in a conference with uh with UCF for a number of years, and then they started football. If 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 we would have started football when UCF did, if we would have done the same things that they did, would we be in the Big Twelve right now, or at least in a, sure. in those kind of conversations? So yeah, we feel the same way. We're in the same position that we just we took a lot a lot longer 
to get started. So, but, uh, but to your credit, to, to Georgia State's credit, and I'll always tip my hat off to you guys for this. The fact that you were able to expedite the process when you brought football back, what was it, 2010, right? Yeah. Was it 2010, 2011? And within three years, you're playing in the Sun Belt and competing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's hard to do. I mean, that's yeah. bad props to be able yeah. to do that. We competing. But still. This year but, we're but, doing it. We did it. <laughs> but, with, but even then, even then, to come back and, and just still move up to to the FBS level that quickly mm -hmm. and, and create some success. Now, it took you a little bit longer, I'm sure, than you would have liked. But within six or seven years, you're in a bowl game. Yeah. I mean, not many programs can can brag about that. I mean, Charlotte's trying it, and we see how that's turning out. Well, we always um, – I mean, I think we've not gone to a bowl game for one year, and we're like – Monroe went to their first bowl game like last year or something or the year before or, mm -hmm. or has never been. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, we a stupid stat that Monroe's been playing for however long, and they've been to like one bowl game. So right. they, they join the FBS in – so they actually have a national championship at the FCS level in 87, yeah, I believe. That means nothing they to us. Yeah. They, <laughs> well, they joined in 94, but they've only been to one bowl game since joining in 94. So, yeah, that – yeah, I think we've missed one year since we've been FBS. It just seems so, like well, it's, It just seems almost impossible. That it's been, yeah, it's like they let long. everybody in. How did you not make well, it? Well, back then, there was not nearly as many bowl games. We, but we've missed more That's that. That's true. We, 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 we got, but they still aren't getting let in. So – <laughs> We've yeah, missed two years. We missed answer. two years under Elliot. We've missed two years under Elliot. We he got yeah. the ball well, the first season, and then we went two and ten the following season. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But think and, of it like this: within a decade of your football yeah. program being created, you go beat Tennessee. Like, how many schools can say that? Right? I mean, it took us. I don't even. I can't remember the last. Well, I can't remember the last time we beat the SEC team. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, it's I, been a while. Well, Jerry, I tell you what, man, if we lose this game, I'm just going to have you back on just to make me feel good about it because you're, <laughs> you're making us feel fantastic. I try. Look, I'll say this. I, I try. I, I, look, I'm a huge college football nerd, so I love talking about history. I always enjoy yeah. talking about, you know, the teams that we play, their history. Yeah. Like, again, you guys have been around for, you know, your football program has been around for 12, 13 years. And, you know, you, you have accomplished a lot for, as an outsider yeah. looking in. Um, I mean, we still want to beat you on Saturday, but uh, <laughs> of course. you know, the way we, and, and the, we've never beaten you. So it's looking right, good. Right. <laughs> so that, that, actually, that actually leads into what my next question was going to be. How does uh, Lafayette, win, or how does Louisiana win this game? Uh, like what, what, what are they going to do? I, I know that it looks like you guys are very much a, a rushing team, still good, good at passing the ball, but like what, what it's going to happen for what's going to, how's the ball going to bounce that you guys win this game? I'm not saying that. <laughs> We're in favor, just like, but what? What is the strategy? What's no, what's, no? It's a, it's a cage, fair question. Cajun football, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's it's very similar to what we saw with Texas State, Georgia State. You guys run that spread offense. You got a lot of good skill players. Um, basically, number one, we got to keep you off the field. We got to slow your tempo down. Uh, I think I think Georgia State has like they average twenty eight minutes of time <clears throat> of possession, which means you score quickly. Mm -hmm. Slow down the game. Make we're gonna have to make you earn your scores. Basically, you can't. We're gonna have to make you sustain drives throw the tempo off uh, and enforce turnovers. Uh, I also think that for us, we're, we've actually fumbled the ball inside the red zone like four times or three times already. Wow. And so we actually have to not do that and score. 
And also we're going to have to, if, if you do happen to score, we're going to have to keep our tempo up with you because we're very similar in that way. Offensively. Well, I don't know if you've been watching, we're going to score. That's not, that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> I, Texas I, state thought the same thing. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, they, if they're watching any uh, Troy tape, they'll know how to keep us from scoring. So. That's, yeah. I, that's what I was going to say. Like we're definitely going to, I, I hope our coaching staff looked at that tape because that was the kind of one game where I'm like, okay, this is, this could be Georgia State's coming out party. And then I look at the score and I'm like, what happened? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you were supposed to help us out here in the West, right? You beat Troy, <laughs> that helps us out. And you and you let us down, guys. You let us down. We had, we yeah, had one too many turnovers for that game. Like, right. One, well, yeah, think, we, well, we're going to do the exact opposite. We're going to lose to Troy and then we're going to beat you on Saturday. So we're going <laughs> to give you no help at all in the West. We're going to help Troy State. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Y'all are too kind. But, but in all, they're, they're next door neighbors to us. You know, we got to be, we got to be kind oh, to the little course, kid. Absolutely. But, but in all honesty, I think, I think tempo is going to be huge for both teams. I think turnovers are going to be huge. Anytime you play teams that can score points, the late, the last thing you want to do is turn the ball over. Uh, that happened to us against Minnesota. Um, and, you know, Minnesota, they're the complete opposite. They hold on to the ball and they do nothing but run, run, run at you. And, and it's that typical big 10 offense where they just kill you in time of possession. Uh, same th- the, the difference is with Georgia state is you guys can capitalize and score. So, you know, limiting turnovers, keeping up with the tempo, trying to make your offense earn scores and not necessarily just go, you know, two play drives. And, and really it's about field position as well. I think field position is going to be huge in this game. Um, so yeah, it's, it, I think this game is going to be a barn burner personally. I think it's going to be pretty high score scoring on both, both sides. I'm curious to see, uh, and this actually happened last game where, where, when we played in 21, where Georgia, you guys were up, I think a lot of points, right? If I, I remember correctly. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was looking good. Yeah. Which it was what? like, we're up two scores and we just kind of slowed your offense down, made a few, I think one or two key turnovers. And then we just beat you on the ground. Well, I don't think that's going to work this time around. I, I think we're, our offense is built to be more of an up-tempo, very similar to what you guys run. We're going to have to score and we're yeah. going to have to score fast. I think to, to, to win this game. Can you just get spot us a win? You know, I mean, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Look, you're no, five and it. one. We're f- you got the better record than us. Remember that you're five and one. We're four and two. So True. you should be giving us a win to share, right? Um, it's yeah. it's ironic. It, what's ironic about this game is I, I've um, you know I watched the game against Marshall last week and I saw the way you moved the ball on the ground. You have a running back that is really, really good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and that is where I think our defense, to me, we're going to have to probably put some guys in the box to stop him and hope that Granger doesn't run. The, I, I know Granger likes to run some of those play actions out the shotgun. Yep. yep. Our secondary is going to have to be on their toes to, to, to stop that. And so, and Granger's been accurate as crap this season. He's like not overthrowing yeah. balls or underthrowing balls. He's like getting it right where it needs to be. Yeah, we, that Marshall game could have been a, a much bigger uh, a blowout because there, we had, you know, our star receiver, Robert Lewis, dropped some very easy balls <laughs> right in his numbers. That would have been. There were a couple plays where I was like, uh oh, is Granger like doing some last year stuff? But I mean, he, he had a really <laughs> good game. Year's it's not, it's not not really good game, but like at least one or two of those misses, I was like, whoa, this was, this, that was like way misthrown. Like, what and goal I think was that? But what's in, at, what's in, you know, go, go ahead. ahead. Somebody. He muted. <laughs> Oh, he muted. All right, then that, you go, Ryan. You were talking. No, you're good. I was done. Okay, oh, there. Yeah, I just want to point out that in this game, uh, this matchup against uh, against Louisiana, 
you know, we're 0 6, but four of those six games are scored by less than four points. Yes. And, and on crazy. top of that, I think it was, uh, it was uh, 2020. You guys were coming off of a win against Ohio, uh, Iowa State. Iowa State. I think yeah. I ranked number 19 in the nation. And that game goes to overtime and uh, right. we lose by a field goal. So despite what the record is, this, this has always been a close game for the most part. I mean, and, and uh, the two the two times it was not four points or less were were two touchdowns, and that was our zero and twelve season for introductory season in the Sun Belt, and then our two our weird two and ten season back in twenty eighteen. Yeah. So uh, outside of us just our crap in the bed for the entire season, this has always been a a, a close uh, series. And honestly, not it's not so much in football that I think it's bled over to football. We. Basketball. The three of us consider we, we consider you guys one of our rivals. I don't know if it's uh, there's like a, a spark of, of rivalry, and it, it's you come are. out of basketball because but Bob, like, you know, Bob we see potential in the football rivalry as well. And we're we need rivals, right? We're like still Absolutely. a baby, so we're, we're like looking, out. and I'm like, where are they happening? And and you don't want to force those kind of things. They're gonna they they're gonna organically get created. And I'm like, oh, Louisiana look is a little, yeah, like that might but, be. Where what Bob, Bob, just, Bob Martin what about, still sucks, and yeah, so Bob we Martin still sucks. <laughs> they agree. I, I think they probably agree. <laughs> well, I gotta, I gotta say, uh, sorry, oh, no. but we just signed him to a four-year extension. Oh, uh, I, 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 can, I can say sorry to you yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're stuck with him, but you know, look, I mean, hey, look, he got the job you're done. You're stuck he, with he him, was, not us. Hey, hey, he, he got. I mean, let's be honest. He's gotten the best of you guys over the last couple of years. We went to the dance this year, so uh, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll take it. But, oh, uh, but this year, this, we're not going to talk about this past year of Georgia State basketball. That no. tour, what happened, no. man? Honestly, you got the new arena. You got the I nice. Think, I think um, I mean, our what? last coach just didn't didn't have a lot to give back, and we lost a lot too. So yeah. We lost uh, our playmakers from the prior season under Coach Lanier, and then a new head coach does new head coach things. And I, I give him a lot of credit. He came in to um, uh, before the the last game of the season. He came down. To, there's a little wine and dine little area in the new convocation. The box we call it the box. And um, he came down there and he said to the uh, to the all the alumni, all the fans, all the people, the big donors down there. He's like, I promise you, this will never happen again. Like that, th this will not happen again. We are going to be a better team going forward. And he's put a bunch of guys in there. We got a whole new staff. You're not going to see a lot of same guys as uh, last season. And I, I feel like it's going to be uh, a turn. You know, not not calling any kind of conference championship this season or anything like that. All, but you know really nowhere else to go but up and i definitely think we're going to see that this this season in, in basketball so he's he's had a complete turnover in players and it's only his second year so he's gonna like this is his team now this is all new team this basically. is his team it's no no other coaches at this point so like now we're really going to be able to see kind of more about what what's happening and and, and still I, I think you give a coach at least three years to 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 like figure out what what's happening at the school and and like build up their own culture and do all that stuff and and so like i think three years is, is pretty good so i looked at that first season i was like ah he's he's feeling it out it didn't quite work out if he can make the right adjustments then he's doing the right thing i mean yeah. you built a palace you built a palace <laughs> nice. i mean how in the world did you finish last i mean all uh, of us just, <laughs> well don't get me wrong we were all i can like, tell you how i can tell you how but we didn't win a road game no <laughs> we didn't, uh, we didn't win a single road game <laughs> we're only allowed one nice thing a year and that was it because <laughs> we, we were all like kind of like ha ha you know funny but then at the same time we're like how you know yeah. you 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 built this beautiful arena which i mean don't get me wrong we love the cajun dome but at the same time you built an arena that's that fit number one it fits the the, the capacity yeah. mm -hmm. for what you need 
And then also it's, it's state of the art and, and it's beautiful. So, you know, when I, when we're looking, it's Georgia state's in dead last. We're like, how, how do you let that happen? You know? So look, Every we're going to find out this happen, year, you know, Every now and again, this year. we'll see. Yeah. We, I mean, yeah, we'll, and, and, we'll see you know, Bam, Bama is not that good this year either. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> we want Bama. I don't. Uh, I don't think they'll finish dead last in the SEC. But I can. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so another question for you here, uh, kind of unrelated to football, but we got some uh, some fans we know that are going down to, to to Lafayette for this game. What are the must sees, must dos, the must game day experiences that the fans should do while they're down there? Plus best uh, food. Oh man, there's so many places to go for food. Um, of course, the tourist trap here is Prejeans, which is really good. Get some Prejeans. If what depends on what day they come in too. So like, there's places in downtown Lafayette that serve you know good plate lunches, good food. Uh, there's Moncus Park where there's a beautiful park. We go kind of enjoy the scenery. It's going to be beautiful weather. And again, it's our homecoming this week, so we'll have a homecoming parade that goes through Cajun Field at three o'clock. Uh, my wife and I and our daughter will be there. Um, you know, they have all the fraternities and sororities that have their floats. Uh, if they want to listen to some good Zydeco music, we always have a live band by the big oak tree in the entrance. So if they really want a good Cajun experience on game day, just hang out by Cajun field. Um, th- like I said, there's a, quite a few restaurants around here where they can get some good solid Cajun food. There's small towns outside of here, like Burrow bridge, where there's some good Cajun restaurants. Um, the, the beauty of, of the Cajun culture down here is we basically sell ourselves, like what we do and <laughs> the way we live. I mean, I remember two weeks ago uh, when the temperatures dropped. I mean, it was, I don't know about you guys in Atlanta, but here it was one of the hottest summers we've ever had. And when the temperature dropped to about the mid 70s, I think everybody in Lafayette had a bowl of gumbo for dinner, just to enjoy the cold weather. <laughs> so um, th- there's definitely a lot of places where they can go get some gumbo. I don't know. If, I don't think we're in crawfish season right now, but you can probably get some good local food. Um, and like I said, you know, maybe Friday night, if they're in town, they can go check out downtown Lafayette. They can go check out uh, Blue Moon Saloon, which probably has some live music there. A uh, lot of local things to do around here, especially this time of year with this fall weather. Um well, I'll tell you what, though, the reason I want to go to a game there, I, I really don't care to drive that far or, or travel that much, but but the food, I just want, I yeah. want I, what I want to do, though, is go tailgate, you know, just walk around the tailgates and just see what people will give me. You know, it's funny, it, he, like you know, there's other places, you know, homemade, nice, nice stuff, you know, you know, it, it's crazy in other places. If you go anywhere around the country, I don't know, you know anywhere else and and i'm sure i don't think atlanta's like this but like you go to some places and if you go ask for food these people if, if you're at a tailgate right and you just go ask random people can i have your food they, they might look at you like you're crazy like well you don't just do that you gotta, you gotta <laughs> but here's you the gotta, thing you gotta here's worm the your thing. way in you know but but that, but that's the difference here in acadiana like they'll they'll not only like look at you and offer you food they'll invite you in if they see you wearing georgia state gear and be like come oh, try yeah. our food and if you say no they'll get insulted they'll be like man you, you don't like my man, food you don't I, like my cooking no, like i want to eat that that's right that's why right. I, I might not even go into the game i'll just keep eating everybody's food hey you, look we, we are very open to uh letting uh outsiders if you will try our delicious cuisine so we, we're definitely uh that's you the, that's the thing about over here in Cajun country, we, we, we want you to, to have a good time and enjoy our culture. So um, to anybody coming down to Lafayette, like I said, come check out the homecoming parade, go listen to some good music, go check out the park down here, enjoy this nice weather. 
Um, South Louisiana this time of year is beautiful. And, and, you know, you have a, we have a lot of Halloween decorations out, you know, we, we take a Halloween seriously down here. So you'll probably uh, run into a few places like that. And of course the food, um, there, you're not going to go wrong with, with the food you choose down here. It's you may have sold, you football. may have sold Ryan on actually uh, booking a flight tonight to get down there. Hey, uh, no. There's a straight Ryan, flight on Delta. Just saying straight shot to Lafayette, one hour. I've done it. I don't have my kids dude, weekend, so. it's a, <laughs> Dude, it's Atlanta. We have a direct flight to wherever Everywhere. we want to go yeah. in the world. Everywhere. <laughs> it is true. true. I got to tell you. So I actually, um, I, I remember that because we usually fly out of New Orleans wherever we go. But for my wife and I, when we had our honeymoon, uh, we decided to fly out of Lafayette and that straight shot to, to Atlanta, man. It was so easy. Such an easy hop, skip, and a jump. You, you honeymooned in Atlanta? No, because, we man, did not. But we stopped in Atlanta. Atlanta. See, our <laughs> Lafayette Airport doesn't have that luxury like Atlanta does, where you can just go anywhere in the world. We have to we stop go through Atlanta places. to get anywhere. Yeah, we have to go yeah. through Atlanta with the with the rest of the you know the the air traffic in, in America. I think. <laughs> yeah, you, you that... you, aren't aren't y'all the busiest airport in the world? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we are. And it's a That's it's not a lo- number of people. It's a loaded it's a loaded statement. It's the busiest airport because any city anywhere near our size has more than one airport and Atlanta refu- the city of Atlanta owns the airport <laughs> and refuses to open up a second one cuz then we lose the moniker. You will all fly busy. here and you will like uh, it. No, it's cuz they got that <laughs> cash cow. They they um they sell those lucrative contracts for cash under the table. That's neither here nor there. That's that's the politician <laughs> thing coming out. Dude, I'm sorry. That, that, there's just politics coming out right there. There's just politics coming out. So I'm just I'm just, I'm just spitting facts. <laughs> <laughs> as libertarians are known to do uh all right guys you guys any more questions for jerry we kept him a lot longer than i told I him so i've enjoyed it and this has been fun. fun yeah uh, i i definitely enjoy talking with you let's uh let's get you back on uh for, for basketball right. season and uh, talk about that a little bit we we play up there in february and there's there's no return trip so it's uh, a little one-sided there uh I'm, so- I'm curious i don't have the date in front of me do you know when that is february 7th Oh, it's a week before Mardi Gras. It's uh-huh. a week before Mardi Gras. And we might, I think we, I don't know, I think we may have some, I think we have a parade rolling that night in Lafayette. So yes, if anybody's coming down, <laughs> stuff to do in Lafayette. we got a Mardi Gras parade that rolls into Cajun Fields parking lot. So you can just walk across the street, get but, the whole Mardi Gras experience. Big question, will be, where will there be food for Ryan? There's always food. There's always food. <laughs> All right. They might have they might have some food trucks and everything out there. This is the thing. I always wanted to go to Louisiana because I, I really enjoy that food a lot. Like I and I was like, oh my God, it's gonna be so great. And then I went to New Orleans and I was like, please never again. Ever. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. You know, it's crazy. Like it's it's funny because for us, we're so accustomed to the food that like when everybody else talks about our food, for us it's just it's just what we eat, you know. Um it's but but we're very happy to share. So uh, yeah, we we love for you guys to come down and and get that good South Louisiana hospitality. Uh, we always welcome people to 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 check out our culture. And uh, Ryan, if you do decide to show up this weekend, uh, well, I have a spot for you at the homecoming parade. Wow, uh, we, we won't get people to beam beads at you too hard, but but uh, we'll give you the <laughs> hard, right? He will show the boobs. He will show the boobs, though. I'm bringing my kid out there, man. Be very careful with that. <laughs> yeah, he, he'll he'll rival the uh, the coach from uh, the Water Boy with the nipple piercings and the oh, oh come on, <laughs> come on now. Wow, oh, yeah, uh, all right. Friend. 
Uh, Jerry, thanks for uh, coming on, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, everyone go check out uh, Rage and Review and uh, uh, listen to them and then comment about how they're wrong about how Cajuns are going to win this game. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, look, I, I, we look forward to it. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's always been Absolutely. a pleasure. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll return the favor and have you guys on soon. And, and looking forward to this Saturday. Should be a great matchup. And may the best team win. And hopefully it's the Cajuns. There you go. All right. Take care, All right. man. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks.